Hello, peasants. Good evening. It is your gracious host, Caitlin. Oh, shit. I just woke up from a three-hour nap, so that's why I'm making the biggest yawns possible right now. My brain is definitely not getting enough oxygen. Anyways, welcome to the show. If this is your first time listening, I want to thank you for being here. Holla! If your friend put you on to this podcast, as Dejanae put somebody on to this podcast earlier this week, um, well, your friend's a real one, and I appreciate them. Um, if you've listened before, thanks for coming back and dealing with my fuckery. Um, let's see if there's anything new that I can discuss. Not really. I'm still looking for jobs. I still kind of hate life. And I finally stopped dicking around long enough to make another episode, even though I'm making it at the last minute. Last week, I was in Dallas for pretty much the entire week, and I fucked around so much so that I couldn't release the episode because I hadn't done any of the shit I was supposed to do. So I pushed it back to this week, and here we are. Before I, um, excuse me. Before we get into the case, as always, we are going to go over the recipe for this week, and I only picked this. I was going to do something else. I wasn't even going to give a recipe out. I was just going to recommend a restaurant that um, I went to whenever I was in Dallas. I was just so damn good. But since we had this last night for dinner, I'm going to give you the lowdown on it. It's beef stroganoff with ground beef, though, because we're poor. Um, other people use, like, like, ribeye and filet mignon, shit like that, to make beef stroganoff, bitch. And then they put, like, Grey Poupon in it. Some real uppity shit. Us poor folk use ground meat. Anyways, Hanny, you're gonna use a pound of ground beef, um... I would suggest you double the recipe because it's good as fuck. And especially if you have a, um, you know, a decent sized family, maybe like three people, y'all gonna be fucking it up and y'all gonna want leftovers the next day. So I would recommend doubling the recipe, but you do what you want. So a pound of ground beef, preferably lean, like that 93.7, a half a cup of yellow onion, a teaspoon of garlic, three tablespoons of butter, three tablespoons of flour, a cup and a half of beef broth, a cup of sour cream, one can of cream of mushroom soup, salt and pepper, obviously, because if you don't season your shit, then what are you doing? And egg noodles. And you're going to cook the egg noodles, of course, by the packaging. You can use egg noodles or any noodles you want, really. Or you can use mashed potatoes, which we've eaten it with before. Um... I like it with noodles because I like the textures together. So you're going to boil your nudes. Then over medium-high heat, you're going to brown your ground beef with your onions and garlic. And then you're going to drain your meat once it's nice and brown because you don't want all that grease going back into your food because, ew. Now, you're going to put your pan back on the stove over the same medium heat. Not not with your ground meat, though. You're not going to add that back in yet going to add your butter in and let it melt. Then you're going to put your flour to the pan 
and whisk it until it absorbs the butter, kind of like you're making a roux. If you're not from Louisiana and you don't know what that is, I don't know what to tell you. So you're going to add your beef broth and whisk vigorously to remove any lumps. Turning the heat to high, bringing it to a boil for two to three minutes until you see it get thick with three C's. You're going to bring the temperature down to medium and whisk in the sour cream and the cream of mushroom soup. Then you're going to stir until everything is nice and mixed up. And you can add salt and pepper to taste. Um, I add Tony's. A lot of times you really won't need the extra seasoning because it'll already taste pretty good because of the onions and the garlic and the, um, what's that called? Cream of mushroom soup. But I add Tony's because... Because if you know, you know. So if it gets too thick, which you can never have too much thickness, you just add a little bit more beef broth. And then after everything is mixed up perfectly together, you add your ground meat mixture, heat it up, give it a little stir, and then you're going to serve it over egg noodles or mashed potatoes or penne noodles or shells whatever the hell you want you do what you want to do and it's delicious it's popping we got a little bit left in the ice box and i'm gonna go eat it in a little while um and it's just a really simple meal to make whenever you're busy it doesn't really correlate with our episode this week but i don't care because this is my podcast and i does what i want Now, let's get into our cases for this week. If the tab with the information on it would open. Interesting. There we go. So, bouncing off of our episode about suicides, which are fake deaths. If you didn't listen to last week's episode, you fake, but that's what it was about. Um, Let's talk about real-life Gone Girls. If you have not seen Gone Girl... You are missing out. You are missing out on so much. It's a really good book by Gillian Flynn. And then there is a film adaptation starring Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike, who is a genius. She's brilliant. If you haven't seen the movie, well, it came out in 2014, so you had six years to watch it. So I'm going to go ahead and give you a, a shortened version of it. So, Nick and Amy, who are Ben and Rosamond, are swept up in the winds of new love, as most of us are. You know, that feeling whenever you first fall in love, that puppy love. They can do no wrong, you are so in love, they put the sun in the sky just for you. So, they get married, and they have this great, great life in New York. Um, Multiple shits hit the fan, Nick loses his job, Um, his mother is diagnosed with breast cancer, I want to say. Nick and Amy move back to Nick's hometown and settle into a life that Amy kind of hates. She's a city girl, a New York girl. She's not a Midwestern farm housewife that Nick is trying to basically force this lifestyle on her. Anyways, Amy finds out that her beloved Nick is maybe not the man that she married, which I'm sure a lot of people figured that out. He's cheating on her with someone way younger, one of his students, because he teaches creative writing at a community college. So he's banging one of his students, which is real super classy. 
So she stages an elaborate plan to stage her kidnapping and murder and frame Nick, knowing that he'll go to jail and the state that they're in, which I forget. It's some Midwestern state, like uh, Minnesota. I think it's Minnesota. It's a dog barking outside. Perry, don't start your shit. Anyways, they have the death penalty there, and she knows that if he gets convicted, he will get the death penalty and die. And um, her plan is to run away, survive a little while in hiding, and then once the trial's over and he gets the death penalty, she's going to go out um, into the Mississippi River and take a handful of sleeping pills and kill herself, basically, and just sink to the bottom and die. Stop it. Don't start your mess. So, if you want to hear the full thing, you can read the book, or you can watch the movie, or you can Google it, Wikipedia it, in case you're too lazy to do either of the first things. So, these cases don't exactly follow that. Stop! This is why we can't have nice things. So, these cases don't exactly follow that same plot or storyline, but there are some similarities. It would be very cool if it was more aligned with the actual book gone girl but these will have to do honey they'll just have to do so the first case is of marie mcdonald and the details are this personally i hadn't heard of this case ever which is shocking and i've heard a lot of shit so i was very very surprised that i had never heard about this but I was clipping out parts of a magazine for my vision board and came across the headline, Real Life Gone Girl. So I was like, and I, oh, so of course I started reading it. I tore the article out of the magazine and read it. Her name is Marie McDonald. Um, Marie dropped out of school at the age of 15 to chase a modeling and acting career. Those aspirations carried her, as it does to most, to Hollywood. She went through the various marriages and played several minor roles for Universal, Paramount, and MGM. Um, I don't remember exactly how many marriages she had. It was like a lot. Maybe something like seven. But she ended up signing contracts for not... I mean, maybe it was a lot of money for then, for um, the time. But with Universal and Paramount. Um, but she never had anything like super major. One of her roles earned her the nickname the body because she had a voluptuous curvy banging bod now this obviously caused people to take her less serious because you know you can't be a nice looking woman with a great body and also be talented and intelligent and all that shit you know because that's just not how things work apparently um so people weren't really taking her seriously especially after she got basically branded with that nickname but her string of marriages managed to keep her in the media. So on January 4th, 1957, Marie's mother claimed she got a phone call from a nervous-sounding nervous man around midnight. The man said that he had kidnapped Marie from her home in L.A. Now, Marie's mother went to Marie's home and found a note in the mailbox, which is so weird. Why would you go to the house and automatically, like, after midnight, let me check the mail? Bitch. The mailman passed a long time ago. What are you doing, baby? But it instructed her not to contact the police. Two hours later, 
Marie's estranged husband also received the call from a quote-unquote nervous-sounding male saying not to contact the police if he ever wanted to see Marie alive again. Now, her and her husband were not on good terms at this point. She was even dating someone else. So I don't know why exactly they would call him because maybe he was at a point that he didn't want to see her alive again. So, I mean, (laughs) call somebody else. Now, while Marie was being held by her abductors, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, at another home, she managed to call her agent, her boyfriend at the time, and a columnist. Tell me how that makes some sense. Let me know. If somebody figures out how that makes sense to me, please hit me in the emails or the DMs at with a side of crime at yahoo.com at with a side of crime on Instagram. If you were able to make three calls and none of them were to the police, none, not a single one, not a one, you were a white, rich, hot bodied woman at this point in time, the police would have been at that scene, like, flies on shit. It is ridiculous. So she told the columnist that she was kidnapped by two men who demanded her ring, some money, and gave her a shot of something. McDonald said that one of the men realized she was making the call and took the phone from her, then proceeded to slap her and blindfold her. The men put her in a car and drove for a while. She heard them discuss taking her to Mexico, but they heard reports of the kidnapping on the radio in the car, and they decided against it and tossed her on the side of the road. Now, I don't know that that necessarily makes sense either. I haven't, I haven't heard or read enough cases in which the perpetrator heard, you know, oh, this person's missing, whatever, whatever, let's just dump her. So I can't really comment on if I think that's true. I can't really give my honest whole opinion on that. So a truck driver discovered her on the side of the road and called the police. So I'm wondering if, like, what the hell? Was she wandering around trying to find someone to help her? Did she just lay there until somebody passed by? Marie claimed that two men came into her house with a sawed-off gun and told her to open the door or they would shoot into the bedrooms of her children. Once inside the home, the men took some jewelry and discussed demanding $30,000 for her ransom. The men um, let Marie put her robe on and a pair of slippers and pack a small suitcase. Which, what the fuck? So, obviously, they had intentions on keeping her for a while or wanted her to think that they were going to keep her for a while if they let her pack a suitcase. They then forced Marie into a car and blindfolded her before driving her to a home. She was forced to swallow pills that made her drowsy. She claimed she was able to make three phone calls and not a voice were to the cops. Once the men left the room, which it was dumb on her part, but that's dumb on their part too, because how... How the fuck are you going to kidnap somebody and leave them in the room with a telephone? So upon examination by a doctor, it was discovered that Marie had two cracked teeth, a bruised face, various abrasions on her neck, legs, and cheeks, but for the most part, she was free of harm. The doctor said that the injuries were not consistent with the assault she claims had happened. 
Now, when Marie's story changed multiple times, the police started to doubt her. Her story became even more suspicious when it was discovered that the letters used to put the ransom note together came from newspapers found in Marie's fireplace. A search of Marie's home led the police to a copy of The Fuzzy Pink Nightgown, which I need to read, which is a novel in which an actress gets kidnapped by two men. Someone noticed that details of Marie's stories were very similar to the ones in the book. Marie also denied taking a polygraph test. The police filmed Marie reenacting a version of what happened to her the night of the kidnapping. Her estranged husband at the time doubted her story as well, saying that Marie surely would have fought back. I guess it was just in her personality that she wasn't just, like, a lay-down-and-die type of person. He described her as an unwell woman. (laughs) No wonder they're estranged. Um, Marie accused him of orchestrating the entire event for publicity reasons, but later recanted the statement. So after investigating the incident, there wasn't enough evidence and there were too many discrepancies in the stories to charge anyone with anything in this case. And Marie died years later of an accidental drug overdose. Now, this is just bizarre. Um, maybe this really happened and it was just a shoddy, poorly planned attempt at um, kidnapping a starlet and getting some money out of it, but maybe she really just did this whole thing for attention to stay relevant. Um, just as her many marriages helped her to stay in the uh, media spotlight, this is like, oh my god, Marie McDonald kidnapped, you know, uh, just another reason to keep her in the spotlight. Which, if that's the case, that's crazy, meaning she cracked. Let me see what had happened to her. She cracks her own teeth, bruised her own face, gave herself all those abrasions, which, to be fair, if she was slapped around and stuff um, by those men that she said, like she said she was, it seems that she, she got off pretty easy. But at the same time, if you did this to yourself, those are some pretty simple injuries to give yourself. So, I mean, was it just for the attention? Or was it really just a poorly planned, shitty, booty ass kidnapping attempt? Well, Marie's dead, so I guess we'll never know. But now, a word from our sponsors. Welcome back, heathens. We are going to discuss the second case It's really recent, meaning that there's not a whole awful lot of details about it. It only happened like a month ago. Um, And it's the kidnapping of Carol Sanchez. Carol Sanchez was a, is, she's not dead. She is a 16-year-old student from the Bronx. And her and her mother were walking down the street one night at around 1130 um, when a car pulled up on the side of them. Two men got out and grabbed Carol. Her mother, obviously horrified, attempted to fight the men off, but they just shoved her aside. The men drove off with Carol. An Amber Alert was issued, and it was said that the teen was in imminent danger of serious bodily harm or death. After this incident, the family received a strange call from an anonymous person saying, We got the wrong girl. 
Hours later, Carol was found safe. A witness said that they saw her walk up to two cops. She walked up to the police trembling and looking really scared. She kept like leaning forward and putting her hands on the knees, kind of how you do whenever you're out of breath. The police hurried out of the car and put her in. Now, Carol eventually admitted that this whole kidnapping was staged. The alleged reason for staging this kidnapping was because her overprotective mother wanted to move the family back to Honduras, and Carol was just really unwilling to leave her life behind. Another unsuspected, no, another suspected reason for staging the kidnapping is because Carol wanted to be with her 23-year-old gangbanger boyfriend who was a member of the Crips. Okay. Let me just, let me just, 16-year-old Carol Sanchez wanted to be with her 23-year-old boyfriend. Find someone your own age, dude. Why are you preying on these fucking young girls? I can forgive him for being in a gang, for being in the crypts. You do what you gotta do to survive. But stop trying to date children. She's... Seven years younger than you. She's not even a legal adult, you nasty. Anyways, Carol is not supposed to be facing charges for staging her own abduction, even though she admitted to taking part in orchestrating it. The four men who were in the car were questioned at the time. I'm sure that they have been questioned and whatever by now. I haven't found any more updates on the case They are all dated, like, December 17th, 18th, 19th of 2019. Um, haven't seen any updates since the story broke about a month ago. But if any more details come out, I will make an update on Instagram page. You folks will be the first to know. But this is just a crazy case, aside from the fact that it's, I mean, kind of sloppily planned. Because if you wanted to stage your kidnapping and all that, why would you come back so soon? I guess they realized that um, once the Amber Alert got issued that, hey, this they're taking this really seriously. Maybe we should call this whole thing off. So maybe they got cold feet and got scared. Or I don't know what the deal was. I understand at 16 years old, it, it would be hard Being a teenager is just a hard thing, and I imagine it would be hard to give up your life, uproot everything that you know and love, and have to start somewhere completely different again, especially at that age. It's just just difficult. So I understand her not wanting to leave, but as for the whole staging the kidnapping, I can't really comment on it because I don't know how her mother makes her feel, or what kind of person her mother is. She says that she's overprotective. I mean, what level of overprotectiveness are we talking about? Like, do you have an 11 o'clock curfew, or is she the kind of overprotective, like, um, the mom in The Virgin Suicides? It's just, everything is not so black and white, and I'm sure people were very quick to demonize this girl. But if you don't know every detail of what happened, then maybe you should just shut your whore mouth. Um, so that's, that, those are our cases for the week, people. Thank you for coming back and listening to them.
Um, if you have any suggestions, comments, concerns, you can hit me in the DMs on Instagram at with a side of crime. You can hit hit me in my emails, my old school Yahoo account, bitch. Yeah, cause I ain't bougie enough for a Gmail. With a side of crime at yahoo.com. Um, if you liked the show, which I hope you did, feel free. Actually, please, cause I'm not above begging. Uh, there's not much that I am above. Psych. I'm very bougie. Um, feel free to leave a rating and review on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Can you do that on Spotify or on any of the other things? I don't know. But whatever you listen on, feel free to drop a rating and review. It's a really great way to help get the word out about the podcast. Um, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to make moves with this thing, and I know I just I only been doing this for a couple of months. And I kind of dicked around and slacked off for a couple of the weeks in those couple of the months. But I am back on the productivity train and we're getting this shit rolling. So feel free, leave a rating or review. If you're rich or if you know somebody who is rich, feel free to become a donor on Patreon because I am poor. Um, and thanks for listening, guys. I really do appreciate it. I saw that um, there were some listeners in, like, Australia and Poland and, like, Belgium and Canada. Shout out, Canada. I love you. Um, But, like, even though it was, like, less than 1% of listeners, I don't care. I'm so happy and grateful that someone actually hit play on my podcast. So thank you, and I hope you all have a great day bitchin' week. Thanks for listening. Good night.